You guys, I am so excited. Today I have Ali Casaza. She is on a mission to eradicate the hot mess mom stereotype by empowering other women. She has built a massive audience and a multi-million dollar online business based on her proven family-oriented approach to minimalism. She's also the host of The Purpose Show, a chart-topping podcast, and the creator of multiple online programs and courses that garner tens of thousands of registrations each time they run. Her platforms continue to grow every day as more women discover her life-changing approach to creating abundant life. She has been featured on Good Morning America, The Today Show, Scary Mommy, and The New York Times. She lives in Southern California with her husband, Brian, where they homeschool their four young children. Allie, welcome! Hi, thank you so much for having me here. And also, I, I need to update that bio. We just moved to Greenville, South Carolina, like last week. What? So you now are, are a Southern girl? Can you claim that yet? I don't think so. I feel like I stick <laughs> out here. <laughs> but it's fine. Oh, I'm in Georgia, so you're not very far from me now. So yes. Okay, that... cool. I want to go see Savannah so bad. I'm going this weekend. Awesome. Okay, cool. Send me all the tips because I want to make it down there on our next like family weekend getaway. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm just so looking forward to chatting with you. Um, because there's, I feel like there's just so much alignment. I have three kids, but I feel like once you get over that two mark, it's like mm -hmm. a whole nother thing. And so I've done online classes, I've had online brands. So I feel like there's just a lot of synergy and I'm, I'm my best when I'm in a state of minimalism and simplicity. And I'm actually Allie in a season of my life where a lot has gotten bigger than maybe I even wanted it to. It's just, uh, and I'm actually in a season of like scaling everything back. And it's not even like stuff. It's just things and, and mental brain power. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's science. Like it's, it actually is that way. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, so let's dive in and kind of like, how, how did this happen for you? I mean, we know how the four kids probably happened, but how did this <laughs> like leading to this hot mess and, and, uh, teaching and writing this book, like how did you get to yourself on this journey? If you can give us like the short version of that. Yeah, totally. So um, at the time that all of this kind of simplicity stuff made its way into my life, uh, I hadn't had my youngest yet. I had three babies all like in three years. And so of course, like that was a really crazy time, obviously, but it, I was struggling because it wasn't just like it was chaotic and I was, you know, potty training my oldest and then had two babies in diapers, like was postpartum and all this stuff. I was really, really struggling because as the time went on and months and months went by and my, my newborn got older and I wasn't able to handle everything else. Like I felt like, my God, like the house was just requiring so much of me. All I did was pick up and maintain all these stupid things that no one really cares about the dishes and the laundry and all of that stuff. It just kind of comes with living life. And it's just, you know, kind of the mundane things that need maintenance. But those things with so many little kids and just all the stuff that was given to us by loved ones, because we had the first grandkids on both sides. And we had this big house we thought we needed that was stuffed full of stuff just because there was space for it. Just doing the whole like normal American thing was so overwhelming. I was constantly cleaning up and it felt like I was reacting to the things in my life instead of really enjoying them and being present for them. And more than that, it really felt like the core reasons that I was even here, that I'm even doing this life and, and on earth, were getting like my kids, my marriage, my myself, my relationships, my faith, 
um, friendships, all of those things were just getting like shoved to the sidebars and the side note things like maintaining things was the main event and it was taking up everything. And just this societal expectations of what motherhood is supposed to look like and what a good wife does at home. And I was raised like very religious. Um, I went to a very oppressively religious Christian school my entire life. And so I had all of these learned, I guess, like programming about what things were supposed to look like. And so just trying to keep up with that had me missing out on the whole point of being a mom and being a woman and being alive and maintaining and reacting. So I was absolutely depressed. I was struggling. Just I would wake up in the day like full of dread. I was snapping at my kids. Like, do you know how unstable and unhealthily emotionally you have to be to snap at toddlers? Like it's I had no patience to just sit and be. I had I had spent no time with my kids. All I did was try to figure out what I could do with them to get them away from me so I could catch up on whatever was ahead of me that day. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I guess I got really tired and run down by, by running out the clock every day and always counting down the minutes till my kids were basically going to be away from me, whether that was a babysitter or nap time or bedtime. And that, that doesn't seem right. I just felt unaligned with who I really wanted to be. Um, and basically, when I looked at my life, I had this moment that I talk about often on the bathroom floor, just crying, and just kind of had this like, I guess like this aerial perspective over my life for a moment that I'll never forget, where I just really realized I'm I'm watching myself go through these days, and literally all I am doing is cleaning up after a life I'd rather be living. And I saw it and I just thought, well, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm really not doing well. Everyone else seems to think that this is just normal. This is just motherhood. Uh, you know, it's kind of a shit show, but also just car pay all the DMs because it goes by like so fast. And I just wasn't okay with doing that anymore. So I decided last ditch attempt, let me just get rid of a bunch of stuff because it's all clutter. It's all crap we don't even need anyway and see if that frees me up a little bit. And it absolutely did. I was blogging about it as I did it at the time, turned that into a business years later. And here we are. I love it. I love it. And I think there's not a mom that can relate to so much that you just said on so many different levels. So I appreciate you being authentic and vulnerable and, and also stepping into your purpose. Cause I think a lot of times that, you know, our, I'm, I'm very faith driven. I think a lot of times that hard stuff, uh, that, that deeply etches change within us and, um, you said a lot about, you know, how you were raised and how, like, we all have these preconceived notions of who we are, who we should be, what, and it really takes a lot of growth and understanding and time and patience to unravel a lot of that and step in your own journey and your own path. And exactly, uh, kudos to you for being a leader that has done it for yourself and now helping show other people how to do it. So for anyone that's here, let's give them some action steps, steps that they can walk away with. And if they're burnout, if they're feeling overwhelmed, if they have a lot of stuff, and I feel like stuff is uh, stuff in your actual physical home or also mental stuff. Like, can you give, mm -hmm. can you give some tips on how to minimalize and start decluttering? Cause I feel like a lot of times that just is overwhelming. People just don't even know where to start. So I'm curious of what you say of how to start. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get practical for sure. But first of all, I just want to say that I think the most important thing 
for me and the way that I teach and the presence that I lead online and the method that I've developed and all the work that I do is it really actually, I think the first sentence in my book is something like, I don't care about minimalism or something like ironic like that. And it's, it's true. Like, let's just throw that out because it's got all these stereotypes around it. And it's really become this like legalistic thing that you're, you can do right or wrong. And there's a right way to start and a wrong way to start. And there's a right way to do this and a wrong way to do that. And this is the amount of books you're allowed to have and how many pants is too many and things like that. Like I don't do any of that. I don't care about being organized. I don't care about minimalism. I don't care about stuff. I only care that it is a tool I can use as a means to an end. And that end for me is a more abundant life, a more intentional life, more time, more space, physically and metaphorically, more energy to spend growing my business, building an empire, hiring women, uh, building a legacy, pouring into my family, pouring into myself. And I'm all about collecting tools to put in my toolkit to help me live that way. So this is not about minimalism for the sake of minimalism. It's not for the sake of being a minimalist and having as few things as humanly possible, because all that's going to do is get you handcuffed to your stuff again on the other side of the spectrum. First, you were handcuffed to it because it was running your entire life and overtaking everything. Then you get all legalistic and rule following and you're handcuffed to it because you're counting everything and you're freaked out thinking there's a rule book of how to do this. And there's just not. And if anyone tells you there is, is that serving you? If it is, then keep going. But for me, that's not going to work because I'm a busy mom. I'm running a business. I like clothes. I like to shop. I like to live. But I just want to be hella intentional on what is taking up my space because I know that will also take up my time. So I just want to set that mindset that this isn't about it's probably not like anything you've ever seen in a documentary or read in any other book when it comes to the word minimalism. Having said that, there's no right or wrong place to start, but the I think what we need to look at is what brings the most ease and flow. That I love helping women bring ease into their lives, especially mothers, because it's so counter what we are typically told, like the programming we receive and the reality that is like the messiness of motherhood, right? So what is going to bring the most ease is probably starting somewhere like your bathroom. And that's where I suggest people start because it's very much like not usually a place where there's like a bunch of sentimental items or like difficult decisions. Clutter is only and always unmade decisions. And moms more than anybody already have decision fatigue. So that's why we put it off so much. We, the last thing you want to do is go make more decisions. So if we can, if I can help you get into a space and just here, this is this starting here is going to bring a lot more ease into this process. And it's going to be easy yes and no decisions and build up some momentum to help you keep going through the other parts of your house so that you can get your space working with you instead of against you. And you can get your space, your environment where you're raising your babies, doing life, growing your business, um, you know, pouring into yourself and your relationships. You can get that space aligned with who you really want to be. So it's supporting you in your growth instead of pulling you backwards and just sucking you dry of energy. So thinking of it that way, starting in the bathroom is awesome because it's like old makeup, broken hair tools, like easy yeses and nos. It's a very fluid, easy spot to start and build up that momentum that you'll need. So that brings me to my next question, my next point, because a lot of that is like you just said easy. A lot of that is a decision, right? A yes, mm -hmm. a no, a sell. Like if you're, if you're trying to minimize and get rid of it, it's that quick decision. 
And I mm -hmm. feel like um, some things are easy. I get in moods where I'm like, yeah, quick, whatever. And then other times I'm in like decision overload and it's becoming like, uh, I think you say it as in like decision fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. So what is your advice for ways to make less decisions every day? And maybe when you're trying to make decisions, mm, do it more efficiently and quickly so that you're not just like, thinking, should I, should I, should I? Instead, you're already moving on to that next thing. Because I think ultimately, you you go, you said flow. Ultimately, we're, when we are making progress and in a state of flow, that's where we're going to be our best. Right. And the this is like why the whole method is amazing because what you just said, like I'm struggling to make decisions because should I this or should I that? The whole first part of the book and the whole first part of my programs and my, what I do is undoing all of the mindset and the things that you're thinking that are getting you to a place where you would even wonder, should I this or should I that? Getting you to a place where you're so connected with why you're even doing this and you understand how it works. You understand who you are, what you need in your house, how it's going to support you, your unique family, the climate you live in, the lifestyle you live, what kinds of things you need and don't need. That those, all those shoulds really kind of dialed down. And then it just really, it's a gut thing. I really like to teach women to connect with their power. And it's so funny because you think we're just talking about clutter, like relax, but really like these are the, how you are with one thing is how you are with everything. So if you can really connect to your intuition and stop looking to everyone else to teach you how your own home should be, and you can know, like really know that this is the intention I have for my kitchen. This is how I want to feel when I'm in here. This is the lifestyle that I live. This is how often we do and do not cook. This is how many kids I have and how many times I host. Those decisions, oh my God, they just got so much easier because you have clarity. All the shoulds come up when you lack clarity. So that's why in my method, it's not about this is how many is too many. This is how you do this and how you do that. I am giving you super practical, specific things to help you, but it's more so like you're going to be empowered to know. You're going to be your own expert. I'm just the coach that, that got you there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. So you guys, we haven't even said this. Allie has just launched her first book and uh, you guys can find out about it at all major bookstores. Um, it is called Declutter like a mother. It's a guilt-free, no stress way to transform your home and life. So she's basically sharing her own struggles and not only the path of how she did it, it's the path, it's the action steps, and it's the end result. And like she said, she is like a coach um, that can help you get to that state of clarity and state of more freedom. Like what I used to define like successes is so different than the season of my life with now. Like for me, the more free I feel and the more that I'm in a creative state of flow, that's like success for me. Um, so I love what you're doing and you guys have to check out her book and it's absolutely amazing. So I just wanted to say that I realized we were like talking about all this stuff. We haven't even mentioned the title of your book cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all yeah. like wrapped up together, right? It, it absolutely is. Um, we are going to take a quick little break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by startplanner.com, your tool for a more organized life. Featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Inc.com, Start Planner was created to meet the demands of today's busy lifestyle, helping you to plan, execute, and organize every aspect of your life in one concise system. Align schedules, to-dos, finances, health, wellness, goal setting, and clear action steps to all work together and drive results. Learn more at startplanner.com. 
you talk about in the book, you talk about the toy purge Mm -hmm. and, and you actually say that making your kids part of that process is, is a healthy part of it. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. I always say like, if your kid is three years old or older, they have to be a part of it. If they're younger, like obviously babies don't really know what's going on. You can just make those decisions. If they're younger than that, you can kind of base it off of your own parenting and your own like gut. Um, but when they hit three and older, it's really, really important that they don't feel like while they were at school or out at the park with dad, mom went in and just gutted everything. It's going to cause anxiety. It's going to cause tension. It's going to make them feel like they can't like trust you if they're going to know that you did it. And it's going to cause them to start to have these feelings of like needing to control their stuff and control their environment. Um, it leads a lot of the time to kids like hiding their things like under like a floorboard or under their bed or inside their pillowcase or little things like that. Like hoarder behavior because they, it broke that trust. It broke, it brought that anxiety. They didn't feel like they had a say. And really like, we don't always know what our kids are thinking when it comes to their things or what they play with, or just because they don't play with something in front of you every single day, doesn't mean that they don't know it's there and have a routine with it. So a lot of the time when parents go in and just remove the things without the kids there, it causes so much damage. And we don't want to be writing a, a, you know, a personalized recipe for a hoarder. That's the last thing we want to do. So always involving them. I really encourage, like I do in the book and in my programs go super deep and detailed in like what to do and, and how to handle the kids stuff and what kinds of things to let go of and all those things. And there's so much like psychologically about what toys are really helpful for kids to have. I That's a whole other thing. But first, I always encourage the grownups to press pause with the kids stuff. Um, maybe do that like last and first start to talk about this whole lifestyle shift. You guys have a family culture in your home around everything. You have a family culture around the way you eat. You have a family culture around um, where you hang out in your house, like where the most used space is. You have a family culture around stuff and it's been unspoken, but it's been picked up on by all of you, especially kids, especially little kids. So we're kind of shifting that, right? Like we're moving, you've realized, oh, we've maybe been like more materialistic than is helpful. Like I want to shift this. So in causing that shift, you want to make sure it's anxiety free. So the way you can do that is by starting to have the conversations about what you're learning about stuff. Like there's a bunch of scientific studies mentioned in my book that you'll learn, bring those up at dinner, like start to have those conversations, start talking about what you're learning, bring your kids in to help you, even if it's not actually helpful, do your own closet, do your own things, do the kitchen, pots and pans and old dishes that are not being used, like sentimental things. Let them see you working through your own emotions as you do this process. By the time you're done and you get to their stuff, I mean, man, they're really going to know this is, wow, we've been talking about this for weeks or months. Like this is a part of our family culture and they're going to feel more ready to do their own things. And if you are trying to get this done when the kids are out of the house and I understand that, that's okay. You can still talk and bring things up when you're all together and start talking about what you've been working through. Even if you think they don't understand, they're getting it. And it's really important that this starts to become a part of your family culture before you just start yelling. You have way too much stuff. This is ridiculous. I want to see 10 things in the donate pile before dinner or you're grounded. Like it's, it's not going to do what you want it to do. Right. Okay. So speaking of kids, 
kids have artwork, they have projects, they have craft things. I'm curious what you do, because what I have done um, is I have folders for each of them throughout the school year, and I keep my my favorite things. So it's just the sentimental stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I scan those in at the end of every year, and I make a little book. And then bye-bye, it goes by. And so my kids got these little memoirs of like their artwork and I can look back at their artwork over the years, over the seasons. It's really like to elementary school. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have a little binder where, you know, their, their hospital stuff is organized and just, and then I keep family albums with a photo. So I'm curious, what are some of your solutions to all the artwork? Cause I feel like there's never a right or a wrong or one solution. And I'm always like, what, what do other people do? Uh, So what do you recommend? Yeah, I think your idea is great. That's awesome. That's definitely one of the suggestions that I always give out. Some people just don't like to do all those steps. Other people that are like a little bit more type A or just really, really care about that, they do really well with a system like that. So I always like to give options. That's amazing. For me personally, I'm actually probably the most disorganized person in my life. I don't care about being organized. That's actually why I love minimalism because it kind of removes the need to be super organized. There's not stuff everywhere. I'm really messy. I'm like a free spirit, super spontaneous. I don't like to plan. If I have a plan, I feel kind of trapped. So I like, I'm that way. So for me, I just let the kids, like my kids are drawing all the time, all day. We homeschool all the kids. Two of them are absolutely artists, um, but all of them are always coloring and creating things. And so for us, like we have a designated spot in our schoolroom for art. And then once a month, we all sit down together, turn on like a kid's movie or something, and we just sit on the floor and go through all of it. And we put it into piles of what is like a masterpiece, in their opinion, not mine. Um, what's your masterpieces? What's like, um, I like this, I worked on it, and it's cool, but I don't, it's not a masterpiece. And what is just like papers that like have half of a dragon drawn on them and like squiggles and it was incomplete or it's like trash. And I let them sort through it completely. I'm sitting there that way. Like if I see them putting something in the trash pile that is like actually really sweet and I would like to scan it, I can, but we sort through it super quick, takes like 30 minutes or less. And then I do what you're saying. I scan everything that's, you know, I like it. I want to keep it. And I put it in a folder. Um, Sometimes the kids really like something that I don't necessarily feel like I need to keep. And they'll, they have like each a wall in their room where they can put their own art with like washi tape, which is super cute and doesn't damage paint or walls at all. So we'll, I'll let them take that up and pin it to their Um, tape it to their walls if they want for a while. And then they just kind of decide on their own when they're ready to take it down and they don't need it up there anymore. I let them do their own thing. And then with the masterpieces, sometimes we frame them and hang them up. We have a whole wall in our house. Well, we just moved. So we will again have a whole wall in our house soon with like these, uh, they're like white frames. They are all the same size and they all look the same. So when they're all hung on the wall, they look really uniform, but they're all kids art just from over the years and so we call it the masterpiece wall and it's just this big gallery wall um in the house we just left it was going when you go up the stairs towards the kids rooms there was a big blank white wall and they were all up and down floor to ceiling kids artwork um and it was just really it's really cool because the frames are all the same so it looks like 
it has some style to it, you know, it's not just like random, but inside there's so many different colors. There's dragons and dinosaurs and, and kids with their parents and, and trees and flowers, like all different things inside and from over the years. So it's cool because I've captured like my daughter's unicorn phase and my son's rainbow drawing phase and the phase where my now nine-year-old used to draw a hill with a waterfall coming down it. It looked like a butt, like it was hilarious. But I have like just these sweet, memories of like phases in their childhood where phases in their creativity and it makes them feel super cool that their art like made it on the wall so I like to physically have the sense that I have children around my house I don't want my home to feel really stiff or cold so I really like having that everything else in the masterpiece pile that's not gonna get like put on the wall I go ahead and scan it and we have the we have like Google Drive, we have our folders in there. So I always know where to find them. I personally don't organize them by this was this person on this year. I just have a Bella folder, a Leland folder, a Hudson folder, so on, so on. And I just drop them in there. So it's easy. Can I just say, you say you're not an organized person, but you you realize you're telling me organization systems that you have in place. So you are. Sure. Like, what I, I'm <laughs> saying is I'm not naturally organized at all. Like I literally sure. could not care less. However, What's going to happen if you don't set this up when you're Ali Casaza and you're teaching the world how to get their stuff together? You got to find a system. So what I'm saying is what's awesome about this is that like even if you're type B and you'd rather like just drop everything and go to Legoland for the day and just forget all the systems that you had in place like all the time. That's me. Like wing seven. I want to go and just play. I don't want to do any of this. But sometimes like we can learn from each other and you can like pull out that type A friend and learn from her and create a system and then just drop it all in there and go play. And that's what's and that, great about like learning from each other, you know? And that type B will pull you to not be so structured yeah, and organized and, like, and play learn and to play. Go yeah. Coffee. yeah, totally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I love that. I love that. So you and I would be really good friends because I'm for sure more type A and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> very structured, almost, you know, almost can be to a fault. Um, yeah. But I also thrive in freedom. Um, like I fr- thrive in creativity and the unknown. And so I'm like a weird combination. Um, I think it's cool so. because don't you feel like, I feel like, so this was like a big turning point for me when I, I had like really, really little kids at the time, but I remember just resisting structure so much. I was resisting all of it. I didn't want any of it. And everything was like minimized and simple, but it was a mess. Like the things I needed were a mess. And so then I started, I started my business in that. So then I had to teach myself. And what I really learned was actually having pieces of structure in the important places in my life allowed me to even go play and be free. And without the structure, there really is no freedom. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing that, you know, I'm pulling away, we get to decide, I get to decide, you get to decide. Like, yeah. what those pieces are. I think that a lot of times going back to what you said in the very beginning, like we're told what we should do or how we should think or what we should do, you know, all these different things. So, um, I, I love that you've kind of leaned into who you are and your, your authenticity. And I think the biggest gift that we can give ourselves is really learning ourselves, um, and yeah. what we need to thrive. And I absolutely agree with you. Those systems and those underlying organizational things Oh, it allows us to be more free, uh, which is my whole thing and mantra. Um, but I also need that other freedom piece and I need, you know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I love totally. that you shared all of that. 
Well, the last question I'm going to ask you is about clothes. Because uh, I think women in general, like we all love clothes or most of us do. And it's really hard to get rid of. Um, I moved uh, a, less than a year ago and I moved to the lake. And I feel like I'm when I moved here, my, I had a huge walk-in closet and then I, the lake houses don't have big closets. So I got rid of so much. And then now that I've been here for a year, I'm like, oh my gosh, what, like, I haven't even worn a lot of my stuff. Like I need to go through it again. And that yeah. seems like overwhelming and daunting, but at the same time, I knew, I know when I did it last year, when I got rid of, I literally got rid of two thirds of my closet. It yeah. was the most freeing thing ever. And I'm like, I want to do it again. Um, how do you help women as they're trying to decide what to keep and what to get rid of? Yeah. That's such a good topic to cover. Um, well, first of all, like everyone is different, but I like to, especially when I am, when I used to do one-on-one -on -one work, it was a bit easier to get deep into this, but I always am curious, like why it's daunting or why you feel like you don't want to go in there. Is it just like, there's more fun things to do than make decisions. A lot of the time it's that a lot of the time it's maybe they've gone through like a recent body shift and they've just been feeling uncomfortable with it or they don't know if their body's going to change again from like a future pregnancy or something. Um, and oftentimes actually there's a lot of fear or dread tied up in women's bodies that gets projected onto their closet. So it's always so interesting and, and kind of beautiful for me to see how emotional our stuff is. It's not just going through your clothes, you know, there's usually like a deeper layer. So just dropping that here in case that gets anyone's wheels spinning and they can have a realization about themselves. But my favorite like practical underlying question to have women ask themselves as they're going through their closet is holding each piece of clothing and asking like, does this make me feel absolutely amazing? Like I wouldn't mind running into someone I haven't seen in a long time if I was out or if they dropped by my house, if it's like loungewear, like your pajamas or something, like even your sweats and pajamas, they should make you feel so cute. They should make you feel so beautiful. I'm so tired of women saying like, I wish I could pull off that outfit or wear that bright lipstick or, oh, like I'm just wearing this old tattered t-shirt. Why? Like you can be comfortable and adorable at the same time. Like you should feel good for yourself. I don't think that we're worthy of having things take up space in our closet because again, what takes up your space is taking up your time and putting things on our beautiful, brilliant bodies that don't make us feel amazing. So I always like to just start there. And then sometimes when things get a little bit complicated, well, it does make me feel amazing, but I never actually end up wearing it. Then we can bring in other questions like, okay, well, it's probably because it's work wear and you quit your job two years ago and you're a stay-at-home mom now. So we can go ahead and let go of that. Does that make sense? Kind of going through like the tiers of questions. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, Allie, thank you so much for being here today and sharing all this inspiration. And um, I love that we, I thought we were going to have a lot in common and we do, but we also are really different. And I love that because yeah. often women, we think, oh, this is how someone's doing it. This is how I need to do it. And this is what will work for me. And the ultimate reality is that's not true. Like here's ways and systems. And, you know, I think people that are putting content out there, they're there to inspire, but it's not, it's not, this is how this person does it. And this is how you have to do it. It's mm. knowing that that's their road, their path, their lane, and pulling the pieces of inspiration that can apply back to your lane. Right. Um, yeah. so I'm just so grateful that, um, you have stepped into your purpose and, uh, written this book. Can you tell everyone where they can connect with you, find you and snag your new book? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I loved your point about that, like about people being different and learning from each other. That's like what podcasts are for, right? Yep. It's what um, any, any content's for, like in my right. opinion, like that's yeah, what it's for. for. Sure. Yeah. We're all like sharing our light with each other. Um, okay. So declutter like a mother is available wherever books are sold. I'm super excited because it is so different from any other home book that I've ever read or heard about. It's got so much heart and it's so rich with like help and guidance and it will make you feel like lifted up higher and then also get super practical with you and meet you down in the dirt. And like, let's get into the nitty gritty together and really do, do the thing, which I love. Um, and then in terms of connecting, I, I mean, I have my own podcast, The Purpose Show, um, which has done so well and has like over seven and a half million downloads in just a couple years. It's my heart. It's my my message. The heart of everything that I say goes on the podcast. So I'd love for you to go over there. Um, and then maybe to just check out like day to day and put faces to all the things that I talk about all the time. Uh, Instagram, we just search Ali Kasaza. It's the one with the blue badge. And I'd love to connect with you there. Awesome. Allie, thank you so much again for being here. You guys check her out, give her a follow. And a lot of times if you're listening to one podcast, you are absorbing information this way. Go check out her, The Purpose Show. It's absolutely so um, inspiring and powerful. And you guys, we will be back next week with another guest. Thanks so much. You can find any links discussed in this podcast in the description below. If you like this episode, please leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. It helps us so much. You can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. We are here weekly with brand new episodes. See you guys soon.